You're listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Mazzelli, where you'll discover more about writing, publishing, building your author brand, and selling your book. Now, here's your hosts, Chris and Gina. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Writing Momentum Podcast. We're so glad you're here, Chris. We are excited because we are doing something special today yes what are we doing well we have frank ball back on the program how are you doing today frank i'm doing great it's fun we love it when we have frank ball here we frank was here just a, a short while ago and we were talking about um uh, writing for the inspirational market and if you haven't listened to that episode please go back and listen to it i think you'll find it uh just a really good episode mm -hmm. where we talk about why it, you might want to write for the inspirational market what it's like the kind of things it's looking for and even some mistakes you can make um, when you go into it well avoid avoid mistakes yes. you can avoid when you <laughs> write for the inspirational market right. yeah and how you can find some great, um, some opportunities. Yes. So that's, that is, it was, it was really good informational and just uh, inspiring broadcast. So be sure to check that one out. Today though, we've, we're talking about something a little bit different. We are talking about what, Chris? We're going to talk with Frank about storytelling because Frank has been writing for years. He has led writers conferences. He's worked. Uh, he's he create you created story help groups, uh, mm -hmm. which helps people find the stories that are inside them mm -hmm. and then tell those stories um, in written format. Right, and uh, uh, that I think is worth talking about because I've heard I've heard you talk about this before. So I, I I'm a little spoiled because I just love hearing about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> Because, okay, you believe, Frank, that everyone has a story to tell, right? I have no doubt about it. Yes. What, is, what does stories. that mean? What's that mean? Well, the, it, the question always is, is there a difference between fiction or nonfiction? When it comes to a story, it's the same difference. Either it really happened or it didn't actually happen, but they all have to be believable. Mm. That's the crucial part of any story. A story has to pull people into an experience where people want to know what's going to happen. It's different from news. News is boring. News puts you to sleep because it just tells what happened. Yeah. But a story grabs attention, or at least it should. So I've mm -hmm. spent a lot of time of researching and looking for what are the crucial elements that make story? What makes it captivate? Did a and, lot of and, study, a lot of reading on that. Yeah. So, so when you say it works, it's both fiction and nonfiction. Like I can see how if you're writing a fiction book, for instance, you'd have to, you know, have all the character transformation, that sort of thing. You're telling that story of that character. But what if you're wanting to do a nonfiction story, like a memoir on your life, and you don't feel like you've had like some huge transformation or some huge thing happened to you that, that you could talk about what is, are you just not looking hard enough or is it, or is it possible that you need to look elsewhere? If it's a story of any value, you learn something, you experienced mm -hmm. a change. Mm -hmm. If you can't identify a change, you don't have a story. I wrote a book for, uh, Ghost wrote a book for a ministry one time in which the author said, well, I've got this cute little story, but I can't figure out how I change from the experience. And I told him, well, you've only got one of two choices. You either leave the story out or you figure out how you changed. Hmm. 
because without a change in your character, in your story, guess what happens to your reader? Nothing. <laughs> it's like no reading change. the news, they fall asleep. That's exactly right. And so this is crucial. So you, the story is always in the struggle. Mm -hmm. and, and so many times, inspirational writers, especially, they want to jump to the answer. They want to jump to the conclusion. And that's not where the story is. That's the climax at the end. The story is in a succession of struggles in which at each stage, we see a character change. The and that's movie, really, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the movie, The Ultimate Gift, is an excellent movie that shows character change because it begins with this grandson named Jason Stevens who hadn't worked in the days in his life and he doesn't care about anybody. Mm -hmm. And then he goes through these stages of assignments in which you see him change to, to where helping people is all that matters to him. And the money doesn't matter to him. What a transformation. But it is a progression of transformations. So that's what we need to see in a short story that might just be one experience and one transformation, where in a book, it is a sequence of scenes that do the same thing that build to a climax. Mm -hmm. hmm. And and so can you... Um... Uh, have a, it sounds like you're talking about character arc, but can you have that yes. kind of character arc in a nonfiction story where like, let's say, let's say you're writing a business book. Can you have a character arc in that sort of thing? In a way you can, the principles still apply. Let's mm -hmm. talk about a sermon. Yeah. Do you know that if preachers would always begin their message with a problem that we don't know how to solve, we'd have people on the edge of their seats wanting to know what the answer is. That's right. You don't want to leave till you hear the conclusion, right? No. We, <laughs> yeah. And so people don't attend, attend, attend church to just get a bunch of answers. They want to know how to get there. Mm. And so story is crucial. Uh, I worked with a writer one time who's a psychologist, well-degreed psychologist. She wanted to write a book on parenting. So she sought my advice. Okay, how do I do this? How do I show people the rights and wrongs of parenting. And I smiled and I said, well, do you want people to read it? <laughs> Which is kind of a no brainer, of course. And she said, well, sure. In that case, you've got to tell stories mm -hmm. because that sets up the problem. She did it. Best parenting book I ever read because you read the scenario and I said, boy, I had that problem with my kids and I really didn't know how to handle it. I did it, did the best I knew how, but it sets up your wanting to know the answer because you've presented the problem in the, and you've pictured the struggle. So yeah. yes, it, it's applicable in all kinds of nonfiction. There's, I, I think there's ahead. what you're as you're talking, I'm thinking about conversations that we've had with um, other writers and, and you um, in between, or earlier we were talking about Renee Gutteridge, and she was on, uh, not long ago, she was on with our writing moments, which is our online writing community that we have. And she was talking about finding the truth in writing, mm -hmm. finding that truth. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking that's, that's, one, I think the story 
resonates with us as individuals because one, it eliminates the truth of the humanity in all of us, what we're dealing with. It touches our emotions. And so it draws us in. And again, because we understand that struggle, uh, we are drawn to it because it's a personal struggle that we can identify with. So it touches on that truth and on the emotions. It sounds like to me, as you're talking, that's what I'm thinking about are some of these other conversations uh, that we've had. So it's, it, it's, it's funny. I was just uh, helping a uh, author format their book. And this is a, this is someone who's, she's a, uh, she speaks in a lot of churches and she was uh, writing a book on marriage. And uh, she had written this book, it had a lot of really great points in it. And she told me, she said it was so hard to write because I realized after I wrote the whole thing, I hardly had any stories in it. And someone told me I should probably put some stories in so yes. people will actually read it. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. she went through and redid the whole thing, right? <laughs> that is wonderful. Yeah. Well, and we've heard that before. We've heard that from people where they ask, why are, why, I just want to, I just want to teach. I just want to teach the truth. I don't want to fill it with a bunch of fluff and yeah. the fluff is the stories and we have in their mind. And what we have, uh, we have talked to them about is the stories are where you really grab the reader, but also those stories often are where people will, they will learn the lesson too. There are those people who will learn it through those stories as much as there's other people who will learn it through the logic. Yeah. lesson so well maybe you have heard the saying experience is the best teacher mm -hmm. i will argue that it's the only teacher <laughs> that we have not really learned something until we have in some way experienced yeah. it okay mama said the stove was hot and i didn't touch the stove but if i didn't i had a very clear visual of what would happen if i did Right. That's applying an experience to the lesson. And so this is what story does. Story takes readers through an experience. Now, who hasn't heard that we ought to be forgiving? Sure. Yeah. But that message won't sell. Mm -hmm. But give me a story that shows the consequence of unforgiveness so mm -hmm. that my character to learn to be forgiving. Now I've got it. And you yeah. don't have to tell me to be forgiving because I've learned it. That's the difference between just giving us information that we hold in our mind and story touches our hearts. Right. Wow, that's, that's really good. So now you have a, I guess I would call it a, a technique to writing a captivating story and it's called scoop. And I think, did you come up with this, Frank? Is this, this is That's your... my acronym. Yes. Ooh. I came up with it because I just thought it would be cool because what writer doesn't want the scoop. And <laughs> so I did a lot of research. I read all of uh, Robert McKee's book story. No, I'm looking that. for these crucial elements that all stories must have. And you've got a situation. That's the S for uh, scoop. You've mm -hmm. got a situation. And all that you need to know is where are you in place and time? Mm -hmm. That's all your situation has to tell you because we're not going to give landscape and weather. That's old school writing that doesn't work for a cinematic audience today because we're used to seeing movies that take us right into the scene and into the action 
And that's what we want. So we've, yeah. got, we've got a situation. And then the C word in scoop is a character. Without a character, we don't have anybody to care for. There must be a character. And then the character must have the O word objective. Because without the character having an objective, the reader in the story has no objective. Do you get to see how that connection works? Yeah. You want to engage the reader, and you do that by identifying with the point of view character who wants something. So you've got to identify what does the character want in this particular scene. There's got to mm -hmm. be something. Whatever that character wants, that's important, or your reader doesn't want anything. But now there's another O word that is the obstacle. And the obstacle is as crucial as the objective. You know mm. what happens if we don't have an obstacle? We just we obtain the objective. <laughs> we know what happens. We know what happens. Yeah. Uh, my character has an objective and there's no obstacle. Guess what? It happens. No, yeah. there have to be obstacles. So you identify the obstacle. What obstacles are going to take place in this particular scene? It applies to fiction or nonfiction. Find the obstacles. So many times in nonfiction, we know how things are going to turn out. And so we mm -hmm. just look for that being, oh, well, I knew that. No, we didn't. When we were struggling, we didn't know what was going to happen. And we were worried sick. And we thought, well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? That's how your story has to unfold. These obstacles that you imagined back then that didn't happen could have happened. And then mm -hmm. what happens if they did? That makes story. So you've got an uh, objective, you've got an obstacle, and then the P word in scoop is the plight, meaning what this character wants has benefits and consequences. If she gets it, it's going to be wonderful. We can go on to the next scene, the next chapter. But if she doesn't get it, then there's consequences. So we're not just talking about a walk around the park. Unless we understand that this is a dangerous park because she's having to go inside the fence at the zoo. Mm. Now, there's, that's plight. That, that's yeah. saying there's consequence. So mm -hmm. those five elements make wonderful back cover copy for a book. Right. If you identify <laughs> what those elements are, if you know the situation, the character, the objective, the obstacle, and the plight, you want to read the book. What's going to happen? Because we don't know. So then within each scene, and finally at the end of the book, there's the continuing phrase after scoop, which is scoop it up. And the it stands for the insight and transformation in that particular scene. What did mm -hmm. my character learn? And how did my character change? Because the next chapter or the next book or the next scene is going to build on that. So now there is action and reaction and evaluation. There is a revised goal with revised consequences with new obstacles. Because what worked still has problems. If I won the lottery and had $10 million, now I've got problems. Can we understand mm -hmm. how that works? So any success is not really a success. There's insight, there's transformation, and then finally there's the up. That stands for unresolved problem. 
there is the next thing hmm. that leads to whatever's going to happen next. And so this creates an excellent opportunity between chapters for a subtle cliffhanger because we don't know, okay, what's going to happen. Now you can't be obvious with that. Everybody's seen cliffhangers and that's just a literary device, big deal. But if you really understand and make this a real event, there's this unresolved problem that just falls in naturally and you want to find out what's next. Mm -hmm. So consequently, I wrote a, a novel about the man born blind that Jesus told to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Every one of those chapters is written under this simplest of all outlines. It really is. Because if I just know those seven things, that's all I've got to know. And I begin the chapter with my character facing an obstacle and, and not knowing what's going to happen. And then mm -hmm. as I write it, the wonderful thrill in writing stories like this is being surprised at what happens Yeah, <laughs> because it, it becomes character driven, not plot driven. Mm -hmm. If I'm plot driven, I'm making the character fit what I want to happen, but it's much more dynamic and surprising to the reader. If I'm the writer and I'm surprised at how it turned out, guess what's going to happen to the reader? Right. And, and so I can't believe he did that. I wasn't expecting that, but it happened because it's true to my character at that particular scene. Now, later on, my character might act differently, but under the circumstances, he decides, no, I'm not going home. I'm, I'm going to keep walking. Mm -hmm. Why? And then what's going to happen? Those kinds of elements make story and it keeps people turning the pages. So I've had people come back and tell me about Born Blind say, I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning because I just couldn't finish one chapter. I had to find out what's going to happen in the next. That happens because of Scoop. That's so good. You, that's that's good. why I love listening to you, Frank, because you make me just want to go right, right? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know as you're talking, I'm thinking about a scene that I have written and I'm thinking I wasn't sure how to end that scene. And as you're talking, I'm like, I know how to end that scene. Like now I know I there's something else that I've got to do yeah, to, to make it hold the attention because yes. I have a tendency to be too kind to my characters. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm writing my novel and I have a tendency to be too kind. And so my first pass, everybody's happy. And I have to take <laughs> several passes before I finally add enough um, enough angst and enough trouble. Yes. Well, tension drives story. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not these explosions that drive story. Mm -hmm. It's the tension that drives story. And what does the tension come from? It comes from objective and obstacle because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I want this so bad, but I'm facing an obstacle and that creates this feeling of tension constantly. Then of course, when you have more than one point of view character, then you can work different characters because now you have conflict. Now you have this person with tension up against this person with tension because they have both go they both have goals and sometimes they support each other and sometimes they don't. No. And that gives you depth of story. 
Now, b- before we recorded this podcast, I I sent you a quote that I heard you say once that I had written down, and I, I still have it. It is, you said, in captivating stories, you must fail your way to success. And that's exactly what you're talking about, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. I didn't think that one up. I just heard it, and I realized it was true. Stephen James, yeah, Stephen James is teaching at RiderCon, yeah, and I heard it from him. Oh, okay, yeah, he's uh, he's a great uh, teacher too, isn't he? He he has a master's degree in storytelling, and, and mm-hmm. so yes, he's a master storytelling. His novels are wonderful. Why? Because they have scoop. Yeah, everything showing a change. Robert McKee says a scene that doesn't have any change has no right to exist. Because without change, the story isn't advanced. And if the story isn't advanced, cut out the scene. It it really challenges me because when I when I first when you first hear you talk about scoop, I think of it in terms of the whole book, right? The the book yes. has to have each of these elements: the situation, a character, objective, obstacle, play. Right. But as you talk, I realize no, you're you're saying yes, the whole book, but then also each chapter, but then also each scene in each chapter, and you keep breaking it down. Everything has to have a purpose. If it doesn't have a purpose, it doesn't belong in the book. Because, go ahead. I was going to say, but that's a nice kind of, uh, for someone who's fairly systematic, that's kind of a nice checklist that you can say, and you can kind of think in your mind, okay, let me look at what I've just written. Does, do I have a strong character? Do I have, um, what was your C? Um, character, 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 situation, character, situation, character, obstacle, objective. I've got those backwards That's and right. flight. But I can, I can sit there and go, okay, is that, is that letter of the acronym, acronym is it strong enough? Like, is yes. that enough? Or do right. I need to up the ante a little bit? Yep. Now, in terms of failing your way to success, what readers want is the sense of purpose at the beginning. You've got a character who wants something. So there's this sense of purpose. We know we're going somewhere. So then the details that we include are just the things that are important to what the character wants. That helps keep it satisfying. But the story is no good if it's predictable. So the outcome needs to be something that's unexpected. And yet when it happens, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You understand Didn't see why that coming, but wow. Oh, now I and know more about this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is the satisfaction that readers get. They want to guess the outcome. But have you ever watched a movie and you knew how it was going to end? Too many times. Uh, I didn't like right. that movie, did I? I had it already figured out. The yeah. ones that have all the twists and turns. High Crimes has a number of movie has a bunch of different twists and turns, and you don't expect things to happen the way they happen. Mm-hmm. But they make perfect sense when they do. Yeah, and that's that's the constant goal. I think sometimes we just get too hung up with our outlines. If we take this simpler approach with Scoop, I think we free ourselves up for some more creative thinking so that we can more easily adopt these twists and turns that we didn't see coming. But they fit. They work. Mm -hmm. 
really, really good. Really good. Frank, you're going to have me thinking now for the whole <laughs> next week until we do the next podcast, probably. Yeah. How am, I, am I including scoop well, in everything we that I'm writing? We, we can talk about this in Oklahoma City in a couple of weeks. We that will do that. Awesome. We will absolutely do that. Well, Frank, thank you so much for joining us again today. Uh, every time we've talked to you, I, I mean, every time we talk to you, just it's mm-hmm. always a, a, a rich rich talk uh if you want to get connected with frank you can find him at frankball.org and you can even email him frank at frankball.org he loves to help writers loves to point you in the right direction and uh, he's uh, he's got some uh great material online too that i just know you want to check out Mm -hmm. great blog too definitely and if you love this podcast we hope that you will please rate, review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. We want to get the word out. We want to help as many writers as we can to succeed in whatever genre they're writing for, whatever you're writing for. So please check that out. And also be sure to check out Writing Moments. That's our online writers group. And we'd love to have you join us there as well, where we combine teaching with just collaborative or um, just writing together, Mm -hmm. not it's not really collaborative. It's we're writing side by side, but we're writing together and just encouraging one another in that. So Great. be sure to check that out at writingmoments.com. Until next week, we thank you, Frank, for being here. We thank everyone for, for the time. I love it. Yeah, Absolutely. And we thank you all for listening. And until next time, remember, together we have writing momentum. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Maselli. Don't forget to subscribe and get the show notes at writingmomentum.com backslash podcast. Until next time, we hope that you have writing momentum. Hey, writer, do you struggle with finding time to write? Well, you're not alone. In fact, time is the number one challenge that most writers face when it comes to getting their books finished. That's why we've created Writing Moments, weekly sessions you can schedule on your calendar to write online with me, Gina, award-winning author and screenwriter Renee Gutteridge, and other writers who have similar goals as you. Each week we're meeting for a short writing training, Q&A, and then 45 minutes of uninterrupted writing time together, where we'll keep each other accountable to get our stuff done. If you'd like to find out how you can join us for some upcoming writing moments, just visit writingmomentum.com slash writing moments. We'd love to have you there. That's writingmomentum.com slash writing moments.